10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to our number three of Radio Law Talk. Todd Cunin in the big chair, filling in for Fred Penny, who is gallivanting about. I love it when he says, I got. Chris Rodriguez is, and he's always gallivanting about running around the country doing whatever. Fred's out. I uh, always miss him when he's not here. I tell you, Fred Penny, I've said it before. I, I don't know when that dude sleeps. I, I really don't because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be getting texts from him, ideas for radio law talk stories. They'll come through at like 11 o'clock, midnight. Then I'll get another one at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, just got up and saw this one. It's like, wait, that that was like four hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a little close closer to Fred than <laughs> what most people know or think, and it's the same thing with me. My wife will roll over and be like, "Your phone's going off." And it's you know four eighteen in the morning, and Fred's calling. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 look, it's not like it's not like he's calling or doing anything to. Because, hey, I'm going to go back and lay down and sleep. I, I need you to do this and this and this. It is, up. It's I'm up. I'm doing things. I either need help with something or I need you to do this because I'm doing all these other things. And it just, I, I just can't imagine the schedule that he, uh, that he keeps. But he's, he's running a lot, burning the candle at both ends and in the middle. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we've talked a lot. We, what do we go over to Alaska Airlines? Pilot gets case reduced. Rooms. Stay away from shrooms. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville Jaguars employee charged with stealing $22 million. I don't know that it had anything to do with the case, but it still bears the warning. Stay away from shrooms. Um, <laughs> there was a touchy Santa Claus for the case or no case. Had nothing to do with mushrooms that we know of, but still, Seth. Shrooms. Stay away from shrooms. Uh, the same thing true with uh, uninsured motorist, bank worker, attempts to... <laughs> Attempts to avoid the embezzlement charge by arson. Um, I don't know. In that one right there, I'm thinking shrooms might have helped stop the bad ideas, but whatever. <laughs> or it could have been a major factor in the formulation of the plan. This is a genius plan. This, this is. This is. <laughs> and the and the promposal gone bad. Uh, golly. Uh, but we, we we have we have one last. Apparently, pinch-related case or no case to get to. <laughs> get no, we, we already did the pinch. We're going to do this one. Well, yeah, it is a... You're right. There Sorry, you go. Bad. You nope, said you, pinch. You're with it. Here we go. Let's do it. Now, Here we now go. it's time to play Case or No Case. Yeah. Guy Fietti, world-famous chef. He was discovered by the Food Network when he sent them an audition tape, and they said, you know what? This guy has it when it comes to working with the camera. He was a TV natural Next thing you know, he practically owns the Food Network, has 1,500 shows. They're making bank off of him, and he's making bank off of them. And he has since licensed his name for some restaurants, the Flavortown brand and few others being among them. But our case or no case revolves around one of Fietti's most famous recipes, Cuban pork chops with mojo. Mm. Because I know, right? Because in one of his earlier auditions at the Food Network, another hopeful named Pablo Valdez cooked a Cuban-style pork chop with mojo, and he'd published a cookbook with this recipe in it, Cooking Cubano with Pablo Valdez is the name of the book. It didn't sell much, but that wasn't the point. <laughs> Valdez defected and never returned to Cuba after the audition, but he did see his recipe being cooked one day by Guy Fieri on the Food Network with no attribution, not even an acknowledgement of his work on developing the recipe. Valdez said Fieri stole the recipe from him, and he can't do that. So the furious Valdez found a New York lawyer to see if he had a case or no case for pinching his pork. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> recipe. You, Sorry. You, you know, Cal. Inches <laughs> pork recipe, I meant. You know what I meant. Yeah. Um, I was going to say hard pass. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. No. Oink. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, pork pinching. Um, uh, uh, Todd, I defer. No, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, who, who, who's Seth playing for? Is he, is he for Fred or Denise? Uh, this I'll is play your, for Todd. It's your choice. I'll play for Todd today. Okay, Todd, you no, you can't do that. No, well, uh, you can play for me. Uh, are, no, well, you can't do that. You're playing for your, you're playing for Denise. Let's do it that way. All right, I have adjudicated. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and who's it to? Is it to Seth or me? It's to Seth. It's to Seth. Yes. yes yeah, yeah. So does Pablo or does Guy have a case against Pablo? No, Pablo ha- wants to file a case against Guy for pinching his pork recipe. Wow. <laughs> well, you can see the complications here. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna say he does not have a case, and he does not prevail. Okay. Yeah, I I just don't see it. No legal basis for that argument at all. I would just, uh, yeah. Fair enough, uh, Todd Cunham. What do you think about the case of the pork? Uh, with the, uh, mojo, yeah. The, the you, oh, he pinched his mojo, huh? Well, that's what it said. They pinched yeah. the pork mojo. <laughs> all right. Well, all in right. public, it was a public pork pinching. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, am I being punked? <laughs> punked with a public pork pinching. <laughs> Not pulled pork. Was pork, it was it prime pork. pork? That's my question. Yes, okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seth says possibly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he, he, here's the thing. I, I'm sure that there is some way that if you had created a recipe, that if it was, uh, I mean, look, the the recipe for Coca-Cola, highly safeguarded recipe, and and but but they. Look at the measures that Coca-Cola goes through to keep that safeguard. Was it like one of only two people in the world at any time have the key to the safe that they can get in and take a look at it rumored or or whatever? And and so I would say that one of the things that keeps that secret are the lengths that they go to to keep it from being disclosed. And if Pablo— just shared the recipe and didn't do that. In a cookbook. In a cookbook. Where is the... Uh, well, it's a copyrighted cookbook. Well, it's a copyrighted cookbook, but I I just don't think that... Um... All right. I'm going to say that this is a case. A case is filed and that they reach some settlement. And I'm going to say for this reason, because it goes back to my theory that in the entertainment industry... They use the legal system to promote stuff. Copyright claims. Oh, there's a file of copyright claim in this song that nobody knew about from 1970. will now get a lot of play, as will the copyright, allegedly copyright infringing song. You know, it's interesting how lawsuits are always filed around the same time that a book is released, the Tui's, uh, Michael Orr's book and stuff like that. So I will say that this is a case. The, the, there's some sort of settlement reached. Um, as a result of the case, but it one is filed, and maybe the the terms of the settlement are not disclosed, which to me often feels like a telltale. This was a marketing point. Which, as they say in the cooking business, is rare. <laughs> Medium. Uh, rare. Believe me, you don't want to do that with pork. You know, fair, fair point. Unless you want tapeworm. Okay. So, uh, so when we come back from the uh, <laughs> slimming pork products, when we come back from the break. Cal will tell us what happened with this case or no case. Did the pork get pinched properly? Uh, Don't go away. You're listening to Radio Pork Talk. We'll be back. Could be problematic. Stay tuned. There's more Radio Locked Up coming right up, as Todd said, right here, wherever you're listening, either online or on many great radio stations all across America, coast to coast and border to border. We'll be back. Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com.
commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell on your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Your car smells good and it's clean at Quick Quack Car Wash. And I know this place right down the road. Quick Quack quick, quick, car, car, car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash. Get the quick quack confidence. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Get the quick quack habit. Take a car once a week. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like quick quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on, quick quack. So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick quack car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Well, come on. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376, that's 800-918-1376. Do you have an old car sitting around your house? Maybe you're even paying insurance on it. Well, if you don't need that car anymore, donate it, running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation. They will even come and pick it up for free and give you a receipt for a tax donation. Breast cancer screening could save the life of someone you love. And right now, they need your help. They want to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And that's what your old car helps to pay for. So get your phone out and call right now to donate your car to the United Breast Cancer Foundation. Remember, they will come pick it up for free and give you a tax donation receipt. Call right now at 800-245-0473. 800-245-0473. That's 800-245-0473. 800-245-0473. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. Your money's no good here. It's like Christmas in a cup. Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. All right, Cal. You know, all, all we could talk about during the break was how, how does the pork crumble? <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing. Pork with this particular sauce is like spaghetti or like mole sauce in Mexico. It is a very common dish. And so even though this guy had his own variety on it, so does Guy Fieri. There was never a case filed. And as far as we know, Guy Fieri has never been accused of pinching a recipe. In fact, I will put out a shout out for him. 
when the campfire broke out in Paradise, California, and the car fire before that in Redding, California, Guy Fieri came up and fed the firefighters just because that's the kind of guy he was. So I don't think he's a recipe pincher, but there may be others who would feel differently, or a pork pincher for that matter either. And that is case or no case. <laughs> I remember uh, a few short years ago, probably five, when was the inception of the show? Five years ago? We've been at it for five years? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Um, not to take too much credit, but I'm pretty sure I came up with the name for it. One and two, I used to sit behind Cal and hold up those time cards. That's that right. is and, correct. And make fun of me the whole time. Yeah. And laughing. Every time I'd say, go like that, you know, just give me the encouragement I and deserve. I've had a few reunions. I've been back in the chair on the mic a few times. Yeah. Um, We're glad to have you, by yeah, the way. And today, let it be known, on December 9th, I'm three for three oh, on, radio, on Radio Law Talk Case. Or no case. Man. Yeah, I, I learned from the best. I, like I said, I share a wall with Todd, and he <laughs> listens to me cuss and scream, and I listen to him cuss and scream, and it's, it's actually worked out to be a pretty good relationship. You guys, wait, when does the cussing and screaming take place? At quitting time or at the beginning of the day? I'm sh- I can hear Todd saying, oh, no, it's time to go home already. Cuss, cuss, scream, scream. Well, Todd, exactly, yes, yes. <laughs> Todd, Todd never works a full day, so it's usually... <laughs> It's usually the beginning of the day. <laughs> okay. Generally on Monday or Tuesday, um, he loves, you know, getting closer to the end of the week. So, <laughs> yes, and you know, and and you know, by by cussing and screaming, it's it's like, oh shoot, fetch, yeah, oh flip, dang it, yeah. darn. <laughs> Will you be here tomorrow? Okay, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I interestingly enough, uh, we had a, a holiday party yesterday. And mm, um, steak, <laughs> steak, pinched pork. No, there was no pork. Uh, it's too bad. And and you know they they do the uh, they do the gift exchange, <laughs> oh, where boy. where everybody takes a gift and you put them on the table. Then you draw uh, numbers and you can go up and you just pick a gift. You know the one you brought, so you don't pick that one. And oh, the traditional white elephant style. Exchange. Yes, okay, yes. I, yeah. uh, I, I, mine was not a white elephant gift. But before the, you get there, the Todd, one that I received. Before uh, you get there, Todd. Todd. <laughs> yes. I told my wife that I had bought a candle for this white elephant <laughs> gift exchange. Oh man, and she that's told like me the worst gift known to man. <laughs> that, that's almost that's, a quote. <laughs> that is, yeah. Did you talk to her before I came in today? Because that's exactly what she said. Worst gift you could ever give at a white elephant gift exchange. Can't argue. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I bought it. I wrapped it. I put it on the table proudly. Yep. Oh, yeah. In walks a man by the name of. Todd Cunin. <laughs> and he sees this round cylindrical object and goes, gee, what might this be? Well, <laughs> it was in a box. Oh, you tricked I us. Wrapped it. I wrapped it. I wrapped it. Good so, one. Okay. And, and quite, quite frankly, I don't know how you would have been able to wrap this without a box. Because this is not any ordinary candle. No, I went, and at the office Christmas party with with my... with. Fred and his spouse and all the partners and everybody around, several of whom are highly religious. Key point here. Yes, hey, yes. me too. I'm religious too. <laughs> so I go and I, I open up this uh, box, and it doesn't say that it's a candle on the outside of the box. You, you open it up, and now you've got to pull the lid off the box oh, to yeah, see what's sure. inside. Oh, yeah. At which point I saw the... The, and I'm using air quotes for those in Radioland, I saw the candle, okay? <laughs> but this was not a cylindrical, fragrant candle, no. This was not one of those sold at the Yankee Candle Workshop. Oh, it was like a ham candle or which, something which like only that. Exists in, which only exists in the mall so that guys on dates that might have gas can go in and right. not be ratted out. <laughs> this was a candle... That had to have been based on a human mold of a hand letting me know that was that I was number one. You gotta you gotta <laughs> flip the birdie candle. And How? let me tell you something. Wow. Okay, put it I, on your desk. I, I love it. Put it on your desk and point it towards Seth's window. I mean, because, because, well, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's apropos because this is how Seth and I say hi to each other every day. The only awkward part is 
everybody wanted to see because they maybe they're going to steal it. Sure. So Todd then holds up the. <laughs> I then hold up the, uh, the candle. The candle, yes. And see the looks on the faces of the attendees. Oh man! Now, now, shockingly. Seth was laughing the whole time. <laughs> we we had uh, we had probably 26, 27, maybe a little bit more people there. I was number thirteen, a, a number that I sh- should have been an omen. Yeah. I was number thirteen. Not one person <laughs> after me. They didn't try to steal the even gift from you. Looked in my direction. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> to to steal and and the one person I knew who couldn't steal it was Seth. Because he brought it. Sure. So you're stuck taking this dog home. But now, again, more decorations for the desk. So I, I take it home, and I, I show my kids, who immediately got a kick show out of it. Show your kid. My, uh, my, my son. Child abuse. Okay, go ahead. My, my, my son takes the candle and, and immediately shoves it up his nose. Oh, Dad, I'm picking my nose. Oh, man. <laughs> it is a full... Hand replica mold, and and the wick, the wick that you would light is at the tip of the middle finger. <laughs> well, the good news is you can you can decrease the insult by starting a little flame. I'm not. I I have no desire to do that. I like it left in its pristine, unadulterated condition. Oh man! So Seth, what did you take home from the party? A blow up Christmas tree and a baking kit. <laughs> hmm. Somehow it all seems to tie together. It worked. It, it worked. <laughs> all right, we'll be back with more Radio Law Talk after this bottom of the hour break. Don't go away. You are listening to Radio Law Talk. Bottom of the hour break coming up. We'll be right back afterward. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. This is Frederick Penny, host of Radio Law Talk. I'm excited to announce myself and Mark Victor Hansen, the author of the famous Chicken Soup for the Soul, collaborate to bring this three-book series, Goose. Book one is about William Collins. Goose is the perfect gift for yourself, family, friend, or someone you care about. Great stories, lifelong lessons that you can apply to your life to help you to become successful. Goose by Frederick W. Penny, available on Amazon Books now. This is Denise Sturks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is the perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-481-5621. 
That's 800-481-5621. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-352-3308. 800-352-3308. That's 800-352-3308. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Was the cane in trouble when you relieved its captain? Yes, it was. And on what facts do you base that judgment? Well, several things. Oh, come on. This is Radio Law Talk. And now, back to the show. All right, so we are we're back here. More Radio Law. You, you love that you come back, and it's just like nothing but silence and... <laughs> Dead air brought to you by the Herman Funeral Home. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I'm on my phone <laughs> looking at the website where Seth bought that candle from, going, oh, that's going to need to. I'm going to need to make a purchase. I said, how many? I got three. Well, I, three I have wondering. three brothers, three sisters. <laughs> I think, like Hobby Lobby, you can go in and make mold, your own molded cameras, I think. I mean, own molded candles. Oh, wow. I wonder if somebody goes into this, you know, nice store and sticks their finger in the old hot wax and goes, here, mold this. <laughs> well, I... I... It seems, <laughs> seems like a lot. It, 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 it seems like that would be a very dangerous thing, depending on the... Uh, mold. The, well, because <laughs> you, don't, you don't put your hand in hot wax. You put your hand in a mold, and then you pour hot wax into that mold, right? right? Exactly. And... Yeah. Uh, it's just, I can imagine some of the molds being more, being a little creative. Yep. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, mm, yeah. I should probably stay away from that one. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we were talking about uh, copyright claims and how my, my theory is they, copyright claims or, or lawsuits in general sometimes seem to coincide with the release of books, albums, things like that. And it always feels like it's just this ploy to to boost the price of an album or boost the the uh, to, to market the album, to market the literary work or what have you. And I, 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 don't, I don't, this is just my personal opinion, but um, Michael Orr, he was the subject of The Blind Side. We've covered this one a lot. Uh, this was the one that recently he, he accused the Tui family. This is the family that he claims that they said they adopted him, and it turned out that there was a conservatorship and not an adoption, and and that that uh, <laughs> I guess you could say he was blindsided by these <laughs> allegations, and uh, and and he has sued them, claiming that he was that they kept money from him and rights for the movie and stuff. Well. Legal filings that have been filed with the court. First, the there was a conservatorship in place. That conservatorship got terminated recently. Yes, surprisingly. And and, and the Tuies were not trying using to, it to using it to yeah. get anything. It's like okay, yeah, yeah. It, it just existed. It existed. So that yep. is done away with. Uh, the claim that he didn't get any money, well, the Tuies have filed paperwork saying, look, you got like one hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars. The exact same amount. They were paid exactly, and and so so where is this? But what's come out most recently is the communication that the Tuies are alleging that existed before the lawsuit was filed, and the Tuies are alleging in recent filings that that uh, Michael Orr 
contacted them and said, "Look, uh, I I want fifteen million. I thought it was fifty, right? At, well, first? at one, t- oh. I thought it was. Oh, he claimed he was robbed of fifty yes. million. And yeah. so, so he, uh, he, he, his first demand was ten million. Ten million, and I won't make any of this public. And they said no. So he upped it to fifteen million, uh, negotiating in the opposite direction. So this was about blackmail attempt, kind of. Well, I mean, yeah, that- so so here's the thing. Depending on the nature of the communication, I mean, remember, uh, I remember this from law school. My criminal law professor said, you know, it's, it's not against the law to go to somebody and say, I, I'd like you to pay me $10 million. And it's not against the law to go to somebody and say, hey, I intend to disclose this information that I believe is true about you. Those two things independently aren't necessarily against the law. And his question was, so why is it when you combine the two, now it's a violation of the law? And whatever philosophical question that led to in law school, I remember it because those are the elements of extortion, right? And, and, and there's some middle ground. It depends on, like, sometimes lawyers will go ahead and—, and and that's essentially what lawyers do a lot of time in civil cases, negotiate. Look, I'm going to file a lawsuit if we don't agree for X. And that's not extortive. That, that's, just, that's just not. Some of my favorite language. If you do not do this, we will be forced to file a lawsuit. Exactly. Now, look, Michael Avenatti got into trouble and, is, uh, and was convicted because his went a little too far in his negotiations with Nike to try to resolve a case. And a jury found that that was extortive to a to a certain extent and he was convicted of that um and clearly without an attorney you could do that the absolute no-no and this is where some people get in trouble if you don't resolve this case i am going to report you to the police right you you can't do that at all because that's threatening criminal action in an effort to try to resolve a, a civil action and that is an ethical violation by Bar, uh, bar ethics nationwide. So, so the question here is, the conduct, if it was made by him directly and not through counsel, it seems to fit those elements, but I don't think he's ever been charged with it. But it does seem to fit those elements. Well, it didn't. It, the reason he hadn't been charged with it is because it hadn't really come out. Yeah. Right? And so all this stuff keeps piling up. Now the twoies are like, hey— look at all this other stuff we have, right? So it might be something that's looked into, hard to say. And, and, it's, and it's certainly not, um, it's certainly not, it, see, here's, here's the sticky wicket. Let's say he, he says, look, you pay me $15 million or I will disclose this information. And let's say that those meet the elements of extortion, right? Well, the problem that any attorneys for the twoies have on the other side is, that's a criminal act from their perspective. But they can't say to negotiate, well, how about this, or we'll turn you over for extortion, because now <laughs> they're leveraging criminal, criminal action to try to resolve a civil action. So it puts the attorneys in a tough spot, and, and which is why it might not have come out, plus the fact that maybe the twoies really do care about this guy. Yeah. And, and they just, look, can't we put this behind us? You really want to pursue this? Because this isn't the best course of conduct for you. Well, my question about this is, where do people come up with these numbers? He got $150,000, and he said, okay, I want $15 million. Where would, Who would put that idea in his mind that that is what he is owed, if not his own legal counsel? Lawyers. That's what I'm asking. That's what, exactly what I'm suggesting <laughs> Or a friend. To. You know, some of it is, too, is like you get in these positions and you make all this money, right? $50 million might be equivalent to... Five years of his NFL salary. Right. Right. Yeah. And so he maybe he's been in for five years and that's what he got. And, you know, he's blown all of his money. And, we, you know, we don't know the reasoning behind it. But you would think most of these NFL guys are pro athletes that they get this chunk of money and they have an, you know, some kind of financial advisor, somebody to help them along the some way. Smart person. But there are a lot of them that end up broke. True. Right. Yeah. Um, and so maybe this is a number that he needs to get out of. You know, some trouble, maybe. There's all speculation at this but point, But you see, right? if you base—this is, is my dumb question. If you base your request on a lie, 
Does that put, I mean, on false facts, does that put you on any shaky legal ground at all? Well, I mean, in the, even in the personal injury world, you know, if somebody's, you can't really lie about the reasoning for certain numbers, right? Like if you're coming up with medical bills or things that have been paid or property damage, that's why they require like a hard and fast number to get you to that point. Right. This is a completely different scenario. You know, I, I, I'm not too familiar with the case. I don't know how they came up with 10, 15 million, but he says he was robbed of 50 million. Maybe the more stuff that comes out, the more documents filed. Maybe it just ends up being like, hey, you know what? He, he was ousted $138,000, and that's what he's going to get. How much money did he think that movie made? Well, the, the, I mean, the, that's the other thing. It look, was a hit, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't. The, the movie, here's the thing. The movie did very well, and, and the movie made hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, brought their royalties aren't. It, well, it... it, it it may well it grossed, but I can't imagine the production cost of that movie was was on par with something Avatar. that yeah, something had a lot of Avatar. CGI. <laughs> right, and, right, I mean, right, the right, yeah, Sandra Bull. I would I would imagine Sandra Bullock's salary was probably the biggest single expense in that movie. And guess what? She was probably an executive producer and got paid on the back end as well yeah. in points. So so you've got that. But Seth raises a good point. With, to your question, how do they come up with those figures in any demand? Sometimes, like in personal sometimes they're based upon a combination of medical expenses, whether a person has, uh, has fully recovered from that. If they haven't, how do you value their time, not just earning capacity, but how much is it worth to be ailing from a bad back because of an accident for two years if you value your time at a buck an hour? You know, non-working time, but just sitting at home a buck an hour, but I was in pain for that hour, and yet that starts to add up. And there's a way you can come up to it. The, the, you know, I've always kind of felt the best practice is to be able to explain how you came up with this figure. Sure. Sometimes it is exactly what you guys talked about, which is somebody has an idea about how much money they want or need because of something else going along their life, and all of a sudden this claim magically comes up at, at or near the same figure. And now we're back to Avenatti and Nike, right? Yeah. Because apparently that was his thinking. You yeah. Know. And, uh, and, and you're horse trading at that point, and it's like, how much is it worth? Well, I don't know. It's worth this because I said it's worth. How much is it worth for you to make it go away and put the ball in the other corner, in their court, and make them come back? There's a lot of different ways you can approach that negotiation. Um, and that gets difficult. Just don't extort people for it. <laughs> Last segment of Radio Law Talk coming up. Don't go away. You're listening to Todd, Seth, and Cal, the Three Amigos. Thanks for turning on Radio Law Talk. The program will conclude. Last segment coming up, and you won't want to miss it because in it are quick takes. Don't go away. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Medicare rules are confusing. They should be. There are over 130,000 pages of regulations. There's Part A through D, Medicare Advantage, and Medigap. According to the CMS, there are government programs available that can help you pay for your medical expenses. Choosing the right Medicare plan is a really big deal. The wrong choice can cost you a lot of money, and the right choice can put more money in your pocket. Call one of our licensed representatives today. At 65 Plus Medicare, our free service can show you a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now. 800-220-7612. 800-220-7612. That's 800-220-7612. Hey, listen up. Before the weather changes, get new windows in your home and save possibly hundreds on your energy bill. Call the window replacement hotline right now and take advantage of their special savings event. Get your leaky, drafty windows replaced with energy-efficient, beautiful, virtually maintenance-free windows at this year's rock-bottom prices. Our prices are so low, we don't want to scare the competition. The only way to hear about our window savings is to call. Yes, you must call our special toll-free number for the 
best window replacement prices in town. Get your new windows, patio doors, and more from the Window Replacement Hotline. Get ready for the change in weather. Save on your energy bills. Call right now for tremendous prices on new windows and beautify your home. Call the Window Replacement Hotline now. 800-710-3739. 800 That's 800-710-3739. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4537. 802-341-4537. That's 802-341-4537. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? Right then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, but... Let's, Let's have, have Todd do it. Me? <laughs> read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <clears throat> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is generally... What the heck is that thing? They're all just making up stuff that he's saying, right? Radio Law Talk. Now, back to the show. Why be on time when you can be early? Todd and Seth, back to the big broadcast right here on this Saturday. You know, that advice doesn't work in all contexts. <laughs> I would just point that out. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, I'm just uh, saying. That's, that's all I'm going to say on that. Thank you. Um, so, so I, okay, here, train of thought, gone. Uh, here is a scenario. Let's say, and I'll throw this out to both of you. Let's say that I win the, lot, the Powerball Lottery. Living so, in California, and I and I win and I win a billion dollars, right? So, so I just I I was the sole possessor of the billion dollar ticket, and rather than getting paid in increments, I opt for the lump sum payment, the one time payment. And let's say for the sake of arguments that that is half, so, about about four fifty. Yeah. So well, uh, yeah, just to make enough. the numbers close easy, yeah, I'm going to say and I so lump sum I get five hundred. I get $500 million. Hello, is Todd there? Yes. <laughs> there will be signs. By, by the way, as, as, as a side note, back when I was married, we had this debate once. Because the, the Powerball is like $850 million. And, and this, is where I, this is where I knew things might be, I might have some trouble here, because after discussing it for a couple of hours, she'd come to the conclusion that if we won the $800 million and took the lump sum payment... After taxes and everything, it still wasn't going to be enough to buy all the things. <laughs> and I was like, well, well, my, my DA salary certainly isn't going to cover right. some things. Well, my wife said, well, well, where would we go? And I said, well, I don't know where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. No, I there will be signs. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so let's say I, I lump sum $500 million. Okay. And because I live in the state of California, and just to keep numbers easy, let's say that my total tax liability on that $500 million is about half. So I end up with $250 million free and clear. Tax has been paid. I just got it sitting there, right? Everything's done. In the next year, let's say that I take that $250 million and I invest it all in a bang-up stock portfolio. 
that earns me $50 million. I mean, I somehow I was able to earn, what, 20% of my money. I was just, Good, yeah. You know, and, and so now my total portfolio, haven't sold any stock, didn't sell anything, just left it there, and that $250 million portfolio is now worth $300 million at the end of the next year. I like how this is going. Okay. Are those Gucci yeah. shoes you have? Yes, like yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> as long as we're in Wonderland. So at the end of that year, this $250 million portfolio that's now worth, I have a $300 million portfolio, how much tax should I owe on that entire portfolio? How much? How much should I owe on that? On the entire portfolio or on the $50 million that you have made on top of the 250 Mind you, I never sold anything. Nothing. I, I just yeah. purchased it, yeah. and it has grown to $300 million. Nothing until you liquidate. Zero. 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 That, that's right. I, it, it, it's what they call an unrealized gain. Paper money, paper gains. Yes. Paper gains, yeah. And uh, it, it, now, if I sold some stock, that, so let's say, for the sake of argument, that the day before the end of the year, I sold all of my stock, and now I still have $300 million. I have the $250 million that I started with, plus the $50 million that I made in the stock. So I've still got $300 million, but now it's $300 million cash. Right. How much of that do I owe tax on? Should I owe tax on? 50. Why? Because that's your gain. The other stuff was your net investment you owe- capital on which you'd already paid tax. So you owe tax on your gain. Yeah, you owe tax on your gain. If you, if, if you had a bunch of money, but you had it tax-free at the end of the year because you'd already paid tax on it, they shouldn't be, shouldn't be paying tax on it again simply because you have it. Now, look, not all things follow that. Take property tax, for example. You know, property tax... Your, your tax liability will go up even though you haven't realized a gain on it. I, I know people that purchased houses in the Silicon Valley back in the late 60s, early 70s for, you know, half, a, on the dollar. Ha, half acre property with a house and they bought it for 25,000 bucks. Now that's going to sell for <laughs> two to three million. And, um, and guess what? Before it sold, their property tax was assessed based upon the value of the house, even though they never sold it, right? So that kept going up and people would run into some trouble there. That's why it always cracked me up, these, these uh, uh, home improvement shows. They come in and they fix up the house. Move that bus! And they move the bus, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is just great. And then I can't afford to keep <laughs> the property tax bill comes <laughs> the next year. It's like, uh, I had to sell the house. Thanks a lot, guys. Right? Yeah. So uh, the, the reason why I, we're talking about this is this last Monday, the Supreme Court heard arguments in a tax case where a similar situation had occurred. This couple, now it was, it was a little bit different in the sense that uh, the tax code sometimes treats investments in foreign countries different than investments in the United States, but this company had invested in a company, uh, this couple had invested in a company, I believe it was in India, and their investment resulted in a 13% ownership of that company. The company made money. They didn't liquidate. I mean, any assets they had stayed in the company and were reinvested by the company and took care of that. They didn't liquidate at all. And the IRS came back and said that they were not entitled to take to the $15,000 refund that they had received because they said, look, you did not factor in the amount of money that company made. And based upon the way this law was written, they were taxing and expecting that this this couple pay tax on unrealized gains. Well, that doesn't seem right. Okay. And that's what the Supreme Court is trying to figure out in the arguments that were going back and forth. If you read the news, it seemed like the left was saying, ha-ha, billionaires really taking the task by the Supreme Court. Everybody trying to read the tea leaves about the way the, the Supreme Court's going to rule based upon uh, questions that they ask. And... Uh, and it really comes down to, depending on how the Supreme Court rules, look, if the court rules that taxes like that on unrealized gains ultimately are appropriate ways to tax, that's going to rewrite the tax code. 
How can that even be possible, though, Todd? Honestly, how can you pay tax on money on that you have not yet gotten? How does that make sense to anyone? How could this even come up? Is my question. Well, the, it's probably a dumb question. It's but. a way that they interpret the code. The IRS is doing this. Yeah, this is the ba- government based, based, going on. The, going based ahead. upon the plain language of a 2017 uh, Trump era tax rules, they're interpreting it this way that they that amounts should be paid. And, and look, this is what happens. This is why we have a Supreme Court. You have a legislative drafting, and then the agency has to implement it. And then if you think that the agency is implementing it wrong, the courts come in and interpret what the agent, what the legislative body meant when they enacted that statute. Seth, you had a... Yeah, was just, I mean, some of it is, and here's the thing, too, where, where you get honest, it's you know, you fill out your, your tax forms at the end of the year and get everything submitted and let the government know where all your dollars are going and what you've done with it. Um, and, and even more, it used to be a thing where everybody invested offshore, right? They, yeah. they invested in, in different countries and, and kept money elsewhere so that the government couldn't reach it, right? And one of the interesting things about this is this the money that was invested was invested in a company in India. Mm-hmm. And but, but Seth, under those rules, you would pay tax on the money if it came, came back, back onshore, that, and that's but, and that's where we're at right, right now. So right? people yeah. would move it around. Were they bringing the money back onshore? Was that they weren't that? bringing anything? They, back they didn't onshore. bring anything so back. How does that make any sense? I don't yeah, know. Well, it's 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 a tough one. It was it was a way at the time. It, the drafting was a way to encourage people to keep uh, investment and production local. Local. Well, I, sure. I I get that, but we'll see how the Supreme Court rules. But right now. We got our quick takes. Yeah, so Seth, do you have a quick take on any topic we have discussed today, or should we let Todd go first? I, I got two. Okay. Two quick takes. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. We'll take first one, I'm going to steal from Todd, and I'm actually going to advise everyone out there that if your spouse says that uh, a candle is not a good <laughs> white elephant gift exchange, go ahead and take it. And my second hot take would be don't take shrooms and fly a plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the new show, you ever snakes on a plane, shrooms on a plane. Yeah, not good. Because <laughs> if you do, you'll think there are snakes there. My quick take is uh, the biggest problem I have with the, with the IRS and the tax code is I hate it when you file your taxes and then they come back and they say, uh, your taxes are not enough. Well, if you already knew how much they were, why not just tell me? Why, why make me play this dartboard game? That's all for Radio Law Talk. Thanks for joining us, folks. Thank you, Seth, for being here. Thank you. Cal, welcome back after your dalliance playing Santa Claus. Thank you. We'll be back next week. More Radio Law Talk. See you then. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.